welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. What a privilege I have to share the word of God with us tonight. And once again, I want to wish you welcome to church this evening and to our online uh, folks, those who are watching us online. We are happy that you are there. And it is another moment for us to share God's word together. And so tonight, before we start, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, O Lord, for bringing us here tonight. We want to pray, Lord God, that your presence will be manifest in this place because your word says, where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in their midst. Father, our hearts are glad tonight because we are more than two. We pray that you will speak your word to us in a way that will be clear, in a way that will be understandable, and let our hearts be receptive to your word. Bless everyone who made it here. And may you be at the center of everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, 1 to 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, 1 to 3 says... I will stand at my guard, at my guard post, and station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. The Lord answered me, write down this vision clearly. Inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It testifies about the end and will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. A brief summary, background and summary, a very brief one say, you see, Habakkuk is unusually a prophetic book. It is unusual because he, we, we don't see him addressing the people of Judah directly. Rather, it is, it is a dialogue. Excuse me. It is a dialogue between Habakkuk and God. Habakkuk is having this dialogue because he is deeply troubled with the moral and spiritual decline that he sees in Judah, that he sees in his society. And God's response to Habakkuk is a puzzling response. It is a puzzling response because God even promises more trouble. After Habakkuk cries and complains about all of these things that are going on, God promises more trouble. 
he was going to use a wicked nation to bring more punishment, to bring judgment to a less wicked nation, his people. And so Habakkuk is hearing this and he cannot help but wonder how such a good God will do such a thing. However, God reassures him that he, he was going to deal with this nation appropriately. Those nations that he will use to punish his people. He's, he reassured Habakkuk that he is in control. He was going to deal with them. And so that is it for the brief summary and background of the book of Habakkuk. But verse 1 that we just read says, Habakkuk determines that he would stand at his watch post, station himself on the tower to see what the Lord has to say. And also so that he will know what to answer after the Lord speaks about his complaints. We know that watch to watch well, we need to go to an elevation. That is why Habakkuk says, I will go up to my watchtower. That's why we see our camera positions, our security cameras are placed on high elevations. Nobody takes a security camera and puts it on the floor or on the chair. The security cameras are placed on high. We go to prisons. There are watchtowers. Back in the day in Israel, they had watchtowers around their cities. And so to, the, the, the higher you go, the farther you see. And so we see the job. We know that the, the, the job of a watchman is to foresee potential danger and bring warning. That is the job of a watchman. The watchman is placed where he or she is placed so that they can see potential danger and then bring a warning to the people about that danger. We can see that in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 17. 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 24. So Habakkuk, as a prophet, also assumes the duty of a watchman for his people. Now, this does not mean that he is going to physically stand on a tower. It is not just a physical activity that Habakkuk is going to be doing here. It is, first of all, a spiritual duty. It is, first of all, something highly spiritual. Because God is spirit. To connect with God, we have to be in spirit. Remember, John chapter 4, verse 24 says, It says, God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. And so this standing and waiting is happening in a spirit, at a spiritual dimension. It is not a thing that is happening physically. He is standing in prayer. 
He is standing in fasting, in meditation, in seeking God. Especially at a time like that when there is danger in the, in the horizon. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, scripture, scripture says, Watch and pray that you will not enter in temptations. For the, 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 the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. That is how you know that someone is burdened about a situation. How they dedicate themselves in seeking God about the situation. That is how you come to know that this person is serious about this thing that is burdening him or her. It's by the way they dedicate themselves, how they commit themselves in doing or in trying to find a solution in seeking God's face for intervention about that situation. Now, are we concerned about the moral and spiritual decadence in our society? Are we concerned about our families? Are we concerned about our children, our grandchildren? How how, can, how do we know if we are really concerned about some of these things that are happening in our society? Our response to this situation determines exactly how concerned we are. As a church, as individuals, are we standing on our watchtowers? Are we watching? Are we at our post? Seeking God's face and asking God about the situation like Habakkuk did. When Habakkuk, when Habakkuk saw the decadence, the decline in the society, the rottenness of the society, Habakkuk couldn't help but took to his watchtower. He stood guard for his people. He was concerned about it and he couldn't just fold his arms and sit and watch things go the way they were going. Are we on our watchtower watching and waiting or are we just Complaining and whining about what is going on in the society. One of the ways to watch is to keep danger at bay. And to keep danger at bay, is to be spreading the gospel is to be spreading the gospel. That is a front line of defense to keep evil and immorality from eating into the fabrics of our society. We can't just sit and come to church and go back home. 
we got to be doing something as a people who are truly concerned about the situation, about the condition of their society. And one of the ways to do that is to, we use the gospel, the preaching of the gospel to push evil back. To push this moral decadence back, to put it away from us. We create a front line of defense by preaching the gospel out there. Filling the, street with the streets and our world with the word of God. That is why Jesus said in Matthew 28, 29, go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations. That's why in Matthew 9, chapter 36 and 37, he says, the field is ripe, but the laborers are few. Pray that the God of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest. That is how we push evil back from eating into our society. By doing that, we guard against the decline. I was just talking about that a while ago. Many of us say, and this is most of the time we say that as an excuse. Many of us, we say, well, I am not gifted in evangelism. I don't have the gift of preaching or of evangelism. And, I, you know, when we say that, I, I, I feel like God is saying, just, just say something else. That's a too easy way to escape the responsibility. That's just a too easy way to escape the responsibility. I don't have the gift of preaching. No, find something else to tell me. Probably that's the way God is looking at it. Scripture never say, told us that we need to have the gift of evangelism or of preaching before we go out to preach the gospel. No, Scripture never said that. Without trying to brag about it, I do go out sometimes, occasionally, to preach the gospel down in the streets, giving out tracts. But if you ask me if I have the gift of preaching the gospel, the gift of evangelism, I am not sure. I'll say no. I'm not sure how gifted I am in doing evangelism. What I know is that when I plan to go out, I still feel nervous. It doesn't matter how many times I go out. I still have to pray, really pray, and tell God, Lord, guide my steps, usher me. And so we don't need to have the gift to be able to do the preaching, to be able to do evangelism, to spread the gospel. What should move us to, to share the gospel should be the love we have for the lost souls. Lost souls, not the gift that we have or not have. God can use anybody. In our text, God used a wicked nation to punish his own people. And so if God did that, then God can use just anybody to share, to preach, to take his word out there. Why do we need to watch? Talking about preaching, like I've been talking, preaching the word and sharing the gospel, is a form of watching and guarding against evil. 
I just want to reiterate that as we try to see two or more reasons why we need to watch. Watching is crucial for a victorious and lasting work with the Lord. Because the enemy gets us easily when we fall asleep spiritually. Remember we're talking about spiritual watching. It is crucial. If we want to live lasting, stable, strong, victorious Christian lives, then we got to be on the alert. We got to be watching. We got to go into sleep spiritually is not an option. Remember, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 25, I'm just going to paraphrase that. He said, I prefer to read. It's important we just get a glimpse. Matthew chapter 13, 24, and that is Jesus giving us this parable. He says, he presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed wheat amongst the wheat and left. The enemy succeeded to sneak in only when people were sleeping. And so when we go to sleep spiritually, when we are not watching, we are not alert, then the enemy takes the opportunity to sneak into our lives, into our society, into our families, and cause the damage that we are experiencing today. Did we go to sleep for the enemy to sneak in and put us where we are today? Probably went to sleep. I don't know. But when we go to sleep, that is exactly what happens. That's the purpose of which Jesus gave that parable. While men slept, the enemy sneaked in, sowed bad seed, sowed bad seed. We are experiencing that in our society today. Watching is also crucial so we can see what God says. Verse 1b, that's what Habakkuk says in verse 1b. It takes spiritual watchfulness to understand God's word. It also takes spiritual watchfulness to know what to do next after God speaks. He says he will stand to, and he will watch to see what God has to say and to know what to answer after God speaks. It takes watching. Our spiritual receptors our spiritual sensors need to be strong and acute so we can be able to pick God's signals in our lives. We, can be, we, should be able to, we can be able to pick what God is saying. When, once we go to sleep spiritually, 
once we become dull spiritually, then lots of things will go wrong around us and we will never realize it. And probably only realize it when it's too late. And so watching and waiting is important, especially in the times in which we live. Verse 2. The Lord answered me, write down this vision clearly, inscribe it on, on tablets so one may easily read it. Other versions say, so one or so he may run who reads it. I'll prefer those versions. So he may run who reads it. That is to say, the things God was telling Habakkuk at that time were seemingly not going to happen too soon. There were things that were going to happen in a different time. And so God wanted Habakkuk to write them down so he can preserve it as a warning of the danger that was forthcoming. Just so that nobody will be unaware. So that people will be able to see and read and be warned. And so it comes back to what we were saying previously. Pushing back at evil with the gospel, by preaching the gospel. Running with, the, with, with, with it speaks of urgency, importance. When the Bible says, so that he may run, who reads it means there is an urgency. There is an importance. There is something so important. Here. There is something crucial that needs to happen. And so whoever reads this needs to take it serious. And when he talks about reading, it's not just casual reading. He is talking about he who will, will, will see it, will study it. He will study it. He will meditate on it. So that he may find salvation. So that they may find salvation for their souls. You see God's word. When we see it, we read it, we know that this is important, this is urgent, this is something that needs to happen right now. Something needs to be done about this word that I've just read right now. We don't read God's word and plan to obey another day. We don't read God's word today. When he speaks to us, we plan to make amendments some other time. We respond promptly to God's word. So that those who will read it will take the message to other people who may not be aware of the danger that was coming. So, to run with it, you take it for yourself. It is first of all for your own salvation. And then, it is also for you to take it out there. Take it to other people. Run with it. It is an, it is an urgent situation. It is a matter of life and death. There is no time to waste because there is danger in the horizon. Danger is looming. That's why he says, he who reads it will run with it. The stakes are high. We can't afford to just relax. 
Are we still sitting in our comfort zones and not wanting to move? What we need to be doing is to be filling the streets. As we spend time praying, meditating on God's word, fasting, and doing all the things we are doing within our church and our homes, we also need to be out there intentionally distributing, preaching, filling the street with the word of God. It is an urgent situation. It's an urgent matter. In Habakkuk's time, the people were truly turning away from God and it was rough. The society was turning to something else. Souls are dying out there. We need to be the ones taking this matter serious and seeing and, and talking to God, seeking God's face, having a dialogue with God about the situation, standing on our watchtower. Yes. You are the one God wants to use. Yes, you. We are the ones God wants to use. Each and every one of us, we can become that instrument. It is hard. It is easier said than done. It is hard to just decide to make that determination. In my country where I come from, people go out to preach sometimes. But I tell you, the Jehovah's Witness go out more than any other denomination I've ever known. In the rain, in the sun, when there is mud, it doesn't matter what the weather is. They are out there. What are they preaching? We have the message. We have the gospel. The true gospel. We are sitting back with the gospel while heresy is being spread out there. The need for warning, the need for the warning in Nineveh was dire. It was, there was a dire need in Nineveh because there was danger that was looming in the horizon. And God got a fish to transport Jonah to Nineveh on time. He didn't want to go, but it was urgent. God had to reroute him through the belly of a fish. That is to tell you how that was urgent, about the urgency of the situation. That's how you know that God is serious about something. If God were not serious about preaching the gospel, about sharing the gospel out there, which is a way we watch, he would not have to put Jonah in the belly of a fish so he could go do the job. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, and that is Peter preaching. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? What should we do? 
Do you understand the, 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 the sense of that question? That's to say something is urgent here. That we got to do something now. We got to do something now. Brothers, they heard the message. It pierced their hearts. And they didn't just go back wailing and crying. They determined to do something. And they were seeking to know, what do we do? Church, we need to run with the gospel. The enemy is gaining grounds out there. The laws that are being passed in some countries and in some states in, our, in this country are not in favor of the church. Neither are they in favor of the gospel. Those laws, most of them, are contrary to the laws, to, to, to the gospel, to the church. They are against the church. I was listening to Dr. John MacArthur. How many people know Dr. John MacArthur? Dr. John MacArthur, yeah, of Grace Community Church in California. He's a renowned preacher. David Dale knows him, yeah. And he was talking about a law that was recently, recently passed in Canada. I don't know where precisely in Canada. Whereby, if you were caught trying to convert a transgender or a gay person, you risked going to jail for five years. And now, what is the... What is the what is the purpose of the church? What is the raison d'etre of the church? Is to convert people. Such a law is indirectly targeting the church. The very essence, the very purpose for which the church exists. We cannot afford to sit back and relax. I learned Pastor Daniel was sharing a similar, a similar story, a similar law that was passed somewhere around, was that Indiana? I don't know. Can't remember. Last Sunday, where there was a law passed against conversion. Those laws are laws against the church, not for the church. And so, we can't afford to be a sleeping church. Probably we have slept for too long. I'm not talking about Broadway Baptist Church as a local church. I'm talking about the church. The church of Jesus Christ. We got to be intentional. We got to be actively doing what God called us to do. I listened to taught this morning and he said something powerful he said we were not converted for the pews we were converted for the community church we got to be on our watch on the alert verse 3 God is saying, the vision may delay. 
It seems slow, but it will surely come and not be late. And that is the reason why some people have simply gone to sleep. Because some people think that just because something delays, it will probably not happen anymore. It's just going to be that way. No. Well, it is not, it is not so. It is not so. It will surely happen. Because whatever God says, he does. Whatever he promises that he will do, he does it. God is just being patient. It is not his desire that anyone should perish. Third Peter, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is, that is to debunk the false notion that people have that because it is delaying, it is not going to happen. No, God is simply just being patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. But he wants as many people as possible to come to repentance. And that was the last verse we had. And I, I was going to close with an invitation. But I think we'll just go ahead and pray. But before we close, I want us to remember this. We need to be watching like Habakkuk was watching. And by watching, it's not only for us to pray and meditate, which is paramount, it's important, but it's also by creating a front line of defense through pushing back evil by preaching the gospel. And when we do that, we help save others and we keep the danger at bay we keep the moral decadence and spiritual decline away it is never too late God is still God he is able to turn the situation around are we ready to stand at our watch towers let us pray Dear Lord, Father, we thank you so much for speaking to us tonight. We thank you because your word is sharper than every two-edged sword. It never goes out and comes back without accomplishing the purpose for which you sent it out. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to echo this word in the hearts in our hearts so that we will run when we read your word so that we will take it serious father move us and use us in bringing many to salvation you are a faithful god we can lean on you. We can rely on you. Thank you for all those who made it tonight.
to this sanctuary. Thank you for those who were watching online. We continue to just pray for our pastor and his family and trust you that everything will be well with them and that they will come back to us soonest. And as many as are sick and struggling with one kind of pain or the other, we pray that you will reach out to them according to their points of need. Father, touch hearts and change souls. And wherever your word is preached, people's hearts will be softened to receive your word and be transformed by it. Thank you, Lord, because you are faithful and true. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.